Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Downright Upright Show, the place to go to hear out loud and proud what Minnesotans are thinking. And I am your host, Philip Anthony. Thank you for choosing to join us today, and I'm hoping you are all doing fantabulous. On each podcast, I will first be introducing our guest, sharing a short bio of their lives and careers, asking them questions pertaining to their careers, and then ending with their personal opinions of the current events that influence all of our daily lives as Minnesotans and as Americans. And my special guest today is Senator Jim Carlson, the ranking minority member of the State Government Finance and Policy and Elections Committee, the State Transportation Finance and Policy Committee, and Civil Law and Data Practices Policy Committee. He has been the sponsor of many bills, and I couldn't possibly name them all today, but some of them include being an advocate for rank choice voting, improving bus and mass transit, promoting ethics in government, prohibiting intimidation of election officials, prohibiting interference with the performance of a duty of election administration by an election official, appropriating money to the Secretary of State for certain activities related to election security, appropriating money for a monument to missing and murdered indigenous women, and I could go on and on, and it is absolutely an honor to have the senator today. Hello, Senator Carlson, and welcome to the Downright Upright Show today. Thank you so much, Phil. This is really uh, an opportunity that of a lifetime here to get onto a podcast that comes from our own community. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. and and I, and I want to. This is full disclosure. I just want to let the listeners know before we get into this that I met the senator when I moved from New York. He had he had rung my doorbell. Uh, when he was campaigning, I don't remember what year it was, and I'm going to guess mm-hmm. the first time he ran, probably right. Could and be. Mm-hmm. yeah, and um, I was I was fascinated by the fact that politicians actually ring bells in <laughs> in Minnesota because <laughs> in New York there's just so many people that couldn't possibly do this. So thank you for doing that, and uh, uh, you gave me the fire in the belly to to, to become in, active in politics. So well, thank you. Well, that's great, Phil. You know, probably I I need to always downplay the the. Uh, praise that people give me. It could be that I was in your neighborhood because behind your house lives the uh, former governor, Tim Volante. Yeah, he, so he, I, you're right. He, he and was. I, door, I door knocked his door. <laughs> he was the governor. You're mm-hmm. right. Okay, Senator, I, I stand corrected, but I, you did ring my bell, and that's the essential point I wanted to make, so thank you for doing that. Anyway, so first of all, I'd like the listeners to know a little bit about your beginnings. Um, were you born and raised in the Egan St. Paul area? Yes, yeah. I was born in Bethesda Hospital in St. Paul. Okay. As my as was my wife, as a matter of fact. Miss Gale. In, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, we lived on a farm on Pilot and Hob Road, and it was a farm that was probably about 120 acres. My father had uh, always had a job outside of the farm, but uh, the whole family worked on the farm. And we were disciplined on the farm. When we did things wrong, then we had to go out and pick rocks. And so we were pick rocks. Pick rocks, yes. Okay. We grew a lot of rocks. They got, you know, they kept coming up. <laughs> you grew them. <laughs> and so okay. uh, my, you know, and I have three sisters, and so I usually get assigned with one sister to go out and pick rocks. <laughs> and so we would bring these big rocks home and put them into a ditch. 
And now today people are paying for these rocks. So what we did was collect them and now people are buying them to be able to build their walls around their houses. So it's kind of interesting to me to see how that's changed. Was it near the, um, there's still a farm there now, right? On Pilot no. Knob? No, or, not. Or am I thinking Lexington? Uh, well, there's Holtz Farm, which is the only surviving farm uh, that actually is raising anything, and that's more of a of a novelty. Uh, there is a property of uh, uh, the um, you know where behind uh, the um, Capone property, there's a farm there that belongs to a family that has been here for about 150 years. And the the last person still owns it, and and we would like to turn that into another Holtz Farm Memorial Farm. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, the farms are gone, man. Yeah, you know that's and, and my and and from what I'm hearing from everyone in this area, that Egan has the best soil in the entire state of Minnesota as far as that, that thick, juicy, dark <laughs> soil that you you need to grow great crops. It varies because we're, we're a hilly area, and the hills are uh, actually a result of the glaciers coming through and melting and then withdrawing a bit more. So okay. there's some bad places in Egan. Okay. You live near one of the better places, which used to be called the Gardens of Egan, which was an organic <laughs> farm. It's right across um, Diffley from where we are. Okay. And uh, when that was sold, uh, the uh, Diffley, um, Marty Diffley, who I went to school with, high school with. Wow, you uh, mean so the actual Diffley is, you knew him? Yes. Well, there was several Diffleys, yes. Oh, wow, look and, at that. Uh, uh, Marty moved down to Hampton and started his organic farm down there, still kept it uh, called uh, the, uh, um, uh, the Gardens of Egan. And then he's since sold because he's about my age now. But oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of history there. And you went to college in St. Paul too, right? Yes. I, well, I went to uh, Minneapolis. It was uh, University of Minnesota for an engineering degree. Okay. And I also before that went to uh, Dunwoody Institute for a machine design degree, in, or a certificate. Oh, and, weren't you an engineer yes. as well? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Once an engineer, you're always an engineer. Yeah, so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so when did you realize that you wanted to enter public service? Was there a particular incident or some event at that time that prompted you to want to be in government? What, in other words, what caused, put the fire in the belly, I love to use that term, where you said, you know, this is what I need to do. I can't say that there was anything that really caused it. It was, it was a slow exposure. Right. When I was at 3M, I had a job where I traveled the world. I was, you know, in Germany 14 times and, and uh, Japan, I think 15 times, India, um, uh, the uh, China, I spent a month in China. Mainly uh, the job, and I had two jobs. The first one was procuring machines to make diskettes, if anyone knows what a oh, diskette wow. is. Uh, oh, yeah. And we, we uh, put in machines to make diskettes in uh, Weatherford, Oklahoma, uh, Wapena, North Dakota, and a little bit in Germany, but that project was canceled. And then I changed divisions, and I was in occupational health and environmental safety, and we worked, and I was the, the Asia-Pacific engineer for making that product and also helped with uh, making the machines to make that product. And yet today, 
Uh, there is a secret machine that 3M has. We, it's long gone as far as uh, secrecy agreements, but it, uh, it's running in the United Kingdom, and it makes respirators faster than anyone else in the world. Wow. And so it's, uh, and I can, I can recognize those when I see someone wearing one, and I always ask them, oh, where did you get your respirator? Well, we got it from the employee store or wow. something like that. So it's, uh, uh, it was a great career. Um, then we got a new CEO, and I had moved into another group called Acoustic Control Systems, and we were trying to m- build a market for some special acoustic products. And our CEO decided that he wanted to turn 3M into a pharmaceutical company. And so there wasn't much movement for people that had a mechanical engineering right. degree. Uh, yeah. And uh, they decided to cut out our entire group. And so everybody in our group lost their positions, had to try to find something else. So when that occurred, that's when you, the, the politics entered the... the, the uh, I can't say the directly. Scene. I mean, it, it accelerated it. Because when I traveled to uh, foreign countries, I always made sure that I went to a school or something that, that uh, was a, a point of education. Because my wife is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And we were involved. German in, teacher. German teacher, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were involved in, you know, our, our kids were small. And we were involved in the, uh, the group, the Minnesota Council for the Gifted and Talented. We were on the board of directors for that. Oh. So that's directly related to, uh, to education. And it brought the, uh, the importance of making sure that we educated people to their potential because uh, when I went to these other countries, some of them uh, you know, that were ahead of us, some of them that were behind us, it was very clear that we had to make sure our workforce was well-educated because otherwise we wouldn't be able to enjoy the work, the work life that we have here in this country. Mm-hmm. And that's still a concern of mine. And we, had, you know, we have a quality that uh, you know, I, I noticed in India they don't have that kind of quality, They equality. They have caste systems. They have people that by their last name will never be able to rise up to run a company or get high levels of education. Uh, there are kids true, there yeah. that don't even ever enter a classroom. They have no idea of colors, that, you know, what that globe is in the sky, uh-huh. all of that sort of thing, because they've never had any education. So that's right. what I, I see the difference here between the American system and the, uh, or I should say, the United States system and the Indian system is that we don't have the castes here. We do have uh, discrimination, and that that's what set my attitude against discrimination. We have to have everybody have the same opportunity to get educated and have a rewarding position in life. Exactly. So exactly. when I uh, left 3M, and I, we talked just a bit about what Paul Wellstone, and I didn't know much about him. But I wrote him, and I wrote uh, um, Mark Dayton and a couple of other senators at the time when we were talking about going into Iraq. And I wanted, the, I wanted us not to start a war. And I got uh, a message back from Mark Dayton I didn't get anything back from, I think, Tom Daschle and a couple of others that I wrote at the same time. But I got a wonderful message from Paul Wellstone. And that was on the 25th of the month that he died. The same day he died, I got 
a message from him. Now, oh, wow. I know that it's written by staff, but that right. doesn't matter when you're, when you're seeing that. And what a lot of people may not know is that his daughter was actually going to teach Spanish at Egan High School. Oh. She was going to replace a woman who was going out on pregnancy leave. And so she had already arranged everything, and she was going to take over right after Thanksgiving. So they even had a baby shower for for the uh, woman that she was going to replace. And then, I believe her name is Marcia, she, she was killed. Mm. So that ended it. But she was going to be uh, teaching Spanish at Egan High School. Wow. So a lot of those things got close to me. And then I had the opportunity to go up to the Capitol with uh, a friend of mine. My best friend is Paul Anderson, who used to be on the Supreme Court. And we did a lot of bike riding together. Uh-huh. And at that, those years, we had the uh, commitment that we were going to ride at least once a month all around the, uh, the year. And so that month, uh, was, we decided to ride up in St. Paul, and we went to the, um, to the gathering on the Capitol steps where they were recognizing Paul Wellstone's death. And I had one of those letters with me, or a copy of that letter that he sent me, and we decided to ride down University Avenue to his office, which was down near, near Raymond, and I pinned it onto the fence down there that letter on there and I would have to say that that was the change in my interest from being a supporter to being an activist mm-hmm. and wow. then I worked with uh, our former senator here uh, um, Deanna, um, Deanna Weiner to try to find somebody to run for the house and I interviewed as many people as I could all the people on this the uh, city council in Egan, people that I thought might be interested, we couldn't find anybody who would take that chance. Mm-hmm. And Deanna and I sat in a coffee shop on uh, on Lone Oak Road, and I said, I, I, I just can't find anybody. And Deanna looked at me and she said, I want you to do it. And I said, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I left there with no hanging in the air yet. Yeah. And a friend of mine, and I was working on the uh, the issues of gun permits in Minnesota, trying to convince the Republicans that this is not a good idea. And in fact, I was even at that time a supporter of Tim Pawlenty. I mean, I still like him. But uh, at that time, he was getting ready to uh, either decide to sign that bill or not. And I thought, well, I'm going to try to affect him a little bit. And at the same time, I was looking at maybe seeing if I can run for the uh, the office that he had left two years earlier. So, um, and the, the the representative here was Lynn Wardlow, and Lynn lived near me, and he actually lives yet on the farm that we had when I was a kid. So I knew him forever, and I met with him, and I told him that I think, Lynn, I'm going to run against you. <laughs> and so, so I ran in 2004 for the House in this district uh-huh. for the seat that used to be Tim Palantis, and I lost, but it was very educational. And then I, and I got a lot of votes, more than uh, any Democrat had gotten in this district before. Okay. This is for the House. Uh-huh. And so I uh, was asked to run for the Senate, and I ran for the Senate in 2006, and I won. 
Yay. Yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, that kind of launched me, and I, you know, and I was interested in mainly making sure that we fund our education system here. Yes. Now we had a lot of good people in the Senate, and I was on the education committee at the time, and I stayed on there until the second year, and then I gave it up for some teachers that we had joining the uh, the Senate. Uh, Kevin Dahl, for instance, in uh, from Northfield. And uh, uh, then in 2010, I ran for re-election, and the winds were the other way, and yeah, I lost. I remember <laughs> that year, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, Democrats were... Uh, we lost uh, the majority. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was a really bad year for bad us. Bad year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then I decided, you know, I'm, I'm kind of belligerent, so I decided to come back, and I... Uh, and that was in 14. Yeah, that was in 12. 12. Oh, 12, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the Senate terms go four years, four years, then two years. So that it adds up to 10 years because That's right, yes. you have to do the redistricting and you get a new new district every 10 years. So yeah, I ran in 2012 and wound up winning again. You won again. So then in 16, and actually I could I could say in 2012, my, um, uh, my race had the largest expenditure of what they call independent expenditures in the state of Minnesota they didn't want me to take the seat back and they spent what now seems like a paltry amount but it was two hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars uh, spent by both sides to keep me in or keep me out and now that's what just one candidate will spend i mean now wow. you know you've, you've got million dollar um million dollar races so it's really gotten very polarized and well, very expensive. Yeah, you know, and uh, because of what's going on now with the federal elections, you know, they they're, they're starting to concentrate on state uh, elections more because they um, they believe, quote unquote, that they can get if they get the right people in there, they can pick the electors they want to yes. send yeah. to Washington to vote for president. So th that's why this is becoming a very important election uh, locally for for Minnesota because Absolutely. we yes. need to get the Senate back mm -hmm. very desperately. Um, we need to hold the House, you know, and of, of course, well, Governor Walls, I think, is I mean, he's just a great job. I don't see any anybody. Oh, who's who's the? Um, well, Scott, they haven't picked Scott Jensen. Is oh, it is going to be Scott yeah. Jensen? Okay, yeah. there there'll be there's a primary, I believe, with a couple of people, but Scott Jensen is way above it. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah, there, yeah, I knew there was a primary coming, yeah. and he's he's more or less going to win, right? Uh, is that what uh, you're hearing? I think so. Yes, okay. you know, I mean. You never say never. You never one know. Of things, one of the things that candidates it's beat into us is never, never let down never. your guard. Never exactly. let down your yeah. guard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Scott Jensen was a senator at one time, and I have personal experience with him. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, oh, let's say 10 things, and nine of them weren't good. Yeah, <laughs> so well. I tried to get him on a bill that I had. You know, some of my bills, uh, you know, I, I've been on the transportation committee since I came into the Senate. And so I had a lot of transportation bills and transportation safety bills. Mm -hmm. So like my very first bill that I got passed was one that allowed county attorneys to have a higher level of sentence for people who were not, were distracted when driving and it caused either a great bodily harm or death of a person. Hmm. That originated from a young woman's death on Pilot Knob Road near Farmington 
where she was out picking up uh, trash on the side of the highway. A woman fell asleep and drove into her and killed her. And the the county attorney could only charge her with a misdemeanor. So we got it up. I had to work on it for a couple of years, but we got it up to a gross misdemeanor. Thank you. And the next one was, and, and meanwhile, I had worked on the handheld cell phone bill that uh, you know would bar anybody from using a handheld cell phone. Uh, that went on for several years. But in the meantime, I also passed the, uh, the uh, child safety seat bill. Uh, there were several things that we needed to pass here to get federal funding for our transportation. And uh, one of them was the .08 for uh, alcohol. One was graduated driver's licenses. One was uh, the uh, safety seat, um, infant safety seat, uh, or let's say child safety seat, because it's up to it's up to uh, seven years old or 48 inches tall. And uh, um, let's see, the other one was a uh, oh, see, I, oh the uh, what they call a um, primary seat belt stop. Before that, you could not get stopped if an officer saw that you were not wearing your seatbelt. The mm. federal government wanted to have all states pass where the they call it a primary stop, where if an officer sees you not wearing your seatbelt, they can pull you over and tag you for it. Before that, you couldn't. And wow. Minnesota was the last state to pass that because we were losing a lot of money each year because we hadn't passed it. So I got those, you know, the child safety seat and uh, the... Uh, um, seatbelt and then the cell phone when that followed that took 10 years well to you pass. know I, i'm so happy that because i get so frustrated when i'm driving and i see people with their head down to their phone and they're going 80 miles an hour on the highway don't you realize if somebody stops or slows down in front of you you're causing you can kill somebody i mean it, it should be common sense it should be a law you know and um you know, and thank you for promoting that because safety is so important on the road. Yes. Because you know, as as they do in the FAA, for the FAA, you know, uh, the, the it's a very very safe mode of transportation to be in an airplane because mm-hmm. everything so like works like clockwork. You know, no plane is going to divert from its flight path. Whereas a car, you know, you can go over a divider, you could be drunk, you could yeah. not mm-hmm. see the light and hit the person. And so there's so many opportunities for you to get in a fatal car crash, whereas in an airplane, it's not that simple. So that's why we need to pass these laws to get people to wake up and smell the coffee and realize that you're driving a very large, dangerous vehicle that can kill people and keep your eyes on the road. Mm-hmm. So thanks Absolutely. for that, Governor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Senator, excuse me, I got you promoted already. <laughs> well, see, and that was one of the problems. When we lost the majority in 2016, uh-huh. I could not get it heard. Be- you know, let me go back a little bit to what you were talking about with getting the majority and keeping the majority. The majority in both the House and Senate, uh, when the majority is elected, they get the chance to put people into committees and also, they appoint all of the chairs of the committees, right. and the chairs of the committees can decide yes or no whether they'll hear a bill or not. Mm-hmm. And also, they decide how these committees are populated with their side. And uh, in the Senate rules, it says that it should be approximately the same as the senators on the floor of the Senate. And 
at the time in 2016, we were in the minority by only one vote. But yet, the Republicans did what they call stacking the committees, putting uh, half as many Democrats on the judicial Judiciary Committee as they had Republicans. They would have every other committee stacked with probably three more Republicans than they did Democrats. And the reason for that is fairly practical for them. They wanted to be able to determine all bills. And also, sometimes they just want to take off and they don't come to the committee. And, you know, and they're not missed. They don't have to worry about calling somebody up and bringing them down to a committee to get a vote. Wow. So that's what, that is what it, a lot of people don't understand, is that when the majority happens, that means our bills will not be heard. And I did not have a, not one bill with my name on it as a uh, chief author for five years. And I finally wow. did get one because I got smart on it and I had one of the Republicans in the Judiciary Committee be my co-sponsor. And this was for a, uh, a new law that would uh, be used when a child is tortured by their caregiver. Hmm. This actually happened and it happened in Hennepin County, and the woman, uh, and, or the, let's say the parents moved to Egan, and we got that passed. And uh, uh, Senator Limmer was my co-sponsor on it, and so rather than not see it heard, he helped me get it heard and helped us get it to the, to the floor. That's the only bill with my name on it as a chief author in the last six years. That's astonishing. So, yeah. Wow. So, well, the, the, getting back to... Um, who you represent, this is important because I want our listeners to know because right now, um, well, before this election, we were considered, you actually were the senator for District 51, it was called, right? Yep. Now it's called 52. Yes. Can you <laughs> explain and, and, and tell the listeners what areas that is and why it changed and is it for the better or not? Mm. Well, let's go back a little bit to how this all works. The, there are 67 senators. Uh, the state and the federal government does a census. They take the total number of, of um, individuals divided by 67. This is, you know, citizens, um, visitors, uh, everything that uh, where you've been here and are considered a resident. They divide it by 67 find out what the number is there, and then they try to divide up the state into districts that match that particular quantity. And they also want to make sure that they use you know, rivers for borders and they get an entire city if possible and a few other you know, secondary things. But, uh, and then they, they want to ignore the senators and representatives who happen to live in that real estate. So sometimes a mm. senator will get paired with another senator or a representative with another representative. And they can choose to either move to um, um, quit, to retire, or to go to a primary. And that's where we have a primary in the A side of Egan right now that includes part of Burnsville. So uh, when they redistricted, uh, I went from, and I like to call it Area 51, uh, <laughs> went from okay. Area 51, which included about a third of Burnsville, uh, a little bit more than, than a third. Uh, it had Highway 13 all the way down to Savage, to the Savage border. And then it, it had uh, most of Egan, but not that part of Egan that's north of Lone Oak Road. 
So the Vikings facility was not in my district, even though that's in Egan. Mm. Uh, then in the rest of Egan I had. Well, when they changed, they cut off a couple of precincts in, in uh, Burnsville. Those went to Senator Lindsey Port. Uh, I had most of Egan again, except they cut off uh, a precinct in, in the south part. It would be that part of, uh, uh, on the west side, I'm sorry, east side of Pilot Knob Road that includes Lebanon Hills. So mm. that's no longer my district. And then there's a kind of a jagged border that goes towards uh, the uh, Rosemont border down there. So, but they added um, the precinct that is north of, of uh, uh, Lone Oak Road and all of Mendota Heights with the exception of one little chunk that's still going to be uh, Senator Mac, Matt Klein's and the city of Mendota as well. So those are the new people that I have, and those are the people that I have to go out and meet. And so well, yeah. that's where I go door knocking. Because they don't know you, so you've got to introduce yourself. A lot of them don't. I, I know some. Some have been. Okay. You know, some of that was Deanna Weiner's district at, uh, before I came onto the picture. And so they've always missed Deanna, so they're waiting for Deanna to come back. For, uh, for, a vo for a, uh, listeners who don't know, would you call that process of dividing gerrymandering is that the same thing or no no gerrymandering is uh, finding out where all the democrats might live and then you manipulating the borders to include those democrats okay and you know and that's what's happened in uh, some of other states and that happens when one party now they say it's both parties do it and maybe they do but when one party gets We're not good control, at it, <laughs> well, see, we've never had, since we went to a party legislature, party-backed legislature, we've never had one party be in charge of all three houses when redistricting came. Okay. So if the Republicans would be in charge of it, they would gerrymander to suit themselves. If the Democrats would be in charge, they would gerrymander to suit themselves. So what happens and all three of these entities, the House, the Senate, and the Governor, must agree on the new district. Oh. So when there's one of them that's in a different party, you can't agree, and then it gets sent to the Supreme Court. So it gets sent to the Supreme Court. They appoint judges to right. do the redistricting. So that's what's happened in the last 40 years in Egan, is it's always been the courts. Okay. And they are... I would say they're pretty good at not gerrymandering. They yeah, could, I, they could I do heard. it, but yeah, yeah. But we, I can't, uh, I can't complain about my district now. I, uh, when we redistricted in 2012, I went and testified before the redistrict redistricting panel, yeah. and I said, you know, you've cut off uh, Egan Precinct One that's north of Lone Oak Road. Please tear down that wall. <laughs> they didn't, but uh, that's, that's cute. <laughs> that has stood since then. Well, um, speaking of District 51 to 52, um, what are some of the many accomplishments you have achieved for the people of 51 slash 52? Do you prefer to call it 52 now? Yes. Uh, yeah, we can yeah. call it 52. We can, but you know, the, but, the accomplishments sometimes are what are you the most proud of basically? related to the school district you know 196 is the largest school district here and you know they have i think it's 28,000 students now so 
a lot of my attention is paid to Egan High School and 196 District. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have 191 in Burnsville and 197 in West St. Paul. That's the Two Rivers High School. Mm -hmm. um, and in each of them, I've done some things. You know, they're, they might be a little bit vague to understand. We did a tax issue with uh, 191. Uh, I door knocked for 197's uh, um, their uh, referendum because they they have a hard time getting referendums passed because they have a high degree of students that do not go to public school there they go to private school so they have a hard time passing the referendums and we did get a referendum passed a few years ago and that took a lot of work and I did a lot of door knocking in the Egan part of of 197's district. Right, right. Uh, with uh, 196, oh gosh, we there I did a lot of phone calling and things in the past, um, right. and that was you know I graduated from Rosemount High School 196. Oh, okay. And I even had one of the flyers that because my parents were the same, they did door knocking for the 1952 um, referendum for the the new school. Right. Uh, at at that time. Uh, let's say 52, the class ahead of me was about 40 kids, maybe not even that, two classrooms. Um, my class was up around 80. Oh, wow. And they knew in they had one to, classroom? You had 80 no, kids? No, not in the classroom, oh. just in a class. So oh, okay. we had to have three first grades, and well, even yeah. then it was tight. <laughs> but they built the school for me, <laughs> in the oh. 1953 edition, and then... When they needed to, uh, when we were transversing into uh, uh, junior high, they called it at that time, not middle school, they built the uh, new school for me and, right. uh, and actually uh, built separate elementary schools. And then I graduated in 1965, and the school that's down in the valley, now Rosemount High School, they built that for me. So, oh, wow. And we had 100, we graduated 100. And uh, the class ahead of us was only 45. Uh, the class behind us was like getting close to 200. This year, the 196 graduated 2,100 students. So it's monstrous now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but you, I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, the Egan, Apple Valley, Burnsville, Rosemont, that those school that school district is probably the best one of the best districts in the whole country absolutely From what i'm yes. hearing the education system is amazing um what do you attribute that to do, do you know or is it is it is it is it financing is it the teach the quality of the teachers they have uh, what would you say all of those i think we've been fortunate to have some very good superintendents and you know their leadership is what oh, you know, encourages helps. the, yeah, the, right. the uh, both the teachers and the students. We've had good relationships with the teachers. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember there ever being a strike. Uh, when I've you know, in, in at my level, we go to liaison meetings with the administration, and they're always very supportive of the teachers, very supportive of the principals and the different. Uh, school buildings mm -hmm. uh they take advantage as much as they can of all of the latest information um i i know several of the principals personally we, we have one school here that we, that's called glacier hills that's near the uh, westcott library and oh, okay. they were having trouble with uh, you know a lot of 
movement in that school that school building and i don't want to go into a lot of the depth of right. of a uh, what they call an impaired school but they turn that into a magnet school and today they are turning away students by the dozens because the parents want to have their kids go to glacier hills mm. it's that good yeah. and that well, was maybe i you know if you ask me what i thought i would think it's the dedication of the teachers you know some teachers put their students before themselves i mean a lot of them you know you hear they're not being funded properly and they're going out and buying their own supplies and staying late with the kids when they don't have to and doing things to help the kids and that to me is what i remember be, uh, teachers were like you know back in the day i'm an old fart so i <laughs> you know i remember I had teachers that would just, you know, loved us and and you know did whatever they could to make our, uh, us learn. It is and definitely that. I think I, dedication is yeah. very very much a, a part of the equation. Um, so I'm going to move to a different subject, okay. from education to something else. Um, so a majority of Minnesotans want marijuana to be legal. That's a fact. We mm -hmm. know that, right? And remember that the vote went uh, 33 to 31, and the Republicans refused to even debate the issue. Remember, yes. remember yeah. that was the yeah. vote by two mm -hmm. vote by two votes. How frustrating is it? Now, this is a question that I was dying to ask you before. Is it uh, how frustrating is it for you to know that a majority of the people in this state want cannabis to be legal? But the Republicans continuously continue, continue, continue to block it. How does that make you feel as trying to represent your constituents and you well, can't deliver for them? Yes, yeah. it is. Frustration is the exact word for it. Yeah. Um, because what I do know is there are a lot of Republicans that would vote for it if sure. they didn't turn it into a wedge issue. Yes. You know, it's, it's in a lot of things, it's not the issue. Mm -hmm. It's the value of the wedge that can be created out of it. And that's that's for actually choice also. There's a lot of things, you know, police, policing, many things like that. They're turning these things into a wedge issue. Political issue. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we have we have so many of those now that are just stalled in the in the uh, um, frankly in the Minnesota Senate. And this particular one, now I, I do have to correct a little bit. This failed by more than two votes because it was a movement was to try it? to take it out of a committee and bring it to the floor of the Senate, and that requires a uh, supermajority. Okay. So it re actually requires 41 votes, and uh, we tried to do that. We tried to bring it from committee to the floor because they wouldn't even hear it in the committee. They wouldn't pass it out of the committee. They wouldn't bring it to the floor for the for a vote, and so we did one of these Hail Marys at the end of the of the session by moving to move it from the uh, the committee to the floor of the Senate so that we could take a vote on it. Okay. And that's the procedural vote that failed. And we did that with a couple of other things too because we wanted to get them on record as to whether they really want to take a vote on these things or not. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. Uh, it was purely partisan voting. But you know, this is the thing for me. Republicans always talk about personal freedom, don't they? Um, they always talk, oh, the freedom, I have freedom to do this, and freedom to do that, freedom to do this. And, and, and when you look at them, they're literally taking the freedoms away from people. I mean, 
look, I, I'm not here to promote marijuana. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think anything in moderation is fine. You know, um, I'm not promoting drug abuse or anything like that. But what I'm trying to say here is people do responsibly smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. There are people that do responsibly smoke it, and they, you would never know they smoked it. They are very responsible. There are drinkers who responsibly drink. They go out to a bar. They know when to stop. They know, how, you know what, what their limit is. That's freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, pro, how, how did prohibition work out back in the back in the day? You know, it didn't. I mean, we, people were going in these speakeasies and drinking, you know, anyway. And the same thing with abortion. You know, you, if you want to say you don't like abortion, that's fine. Don't have an abortion. Now, by taking the right away from women that may need it for whatever reason, we and it's none of my business. Okay, you could be actually hurting that woman. Yes. Uh, in in many ways, mentally, physically, uh, myriad of ways. What do you feel about the party of freedom? They're supposed to be the party of freedom. What are they doing? <laughs> Making a wedge issue out of it. It's, <laughs> I don't. You know, the, um, you know, when we talk about um, marijuana, we have um, races in Minnesota where the Republicans have um, funded a uh, a spoiler that will take some of the pro-marijuana votes away from the Democrat. Yeah, I see that. Um, there's we, two marijuana parties, right? Yeah, there's two marijuana. Well, they, you, know, you have to get 5% mm-hmm. of the vote in a statewide race, and then you now be classified as a, uh, as a major party. So, yes, two parties have gotten 5%, and so they're now classified as a major party. And so they get to be on the ballot uh, easily without having this you know, great number of signatures and things uh-huh. like that. So we did have those two parties, but, you know, uh, I would say that, and I, I guess I can say it right here, that we had the Republicans funding vote spoilers. Uh, and if someone would say, no, we don't do that. They did do that with Kanye West. They funded him so that Biden wouldn't get all of the African-American votes. Wow. Yes. And his I entry. I remember that. Yeah. Is en- that the reason why they did that? Sure. Yeah. Oh, goodness. His entry in Minnesota was paid for by the Republican Party. Oh, God. That was his fees. Okay. So let's say that that's settled. That question is settled. Well, then we have the C- second district running against Angie Craig. We had a fellow named Adam Weeks that was running against Angie. He was being sponsored by the so-called... Um, legalized marijuana party uh, unfortunately he died and um, the op- Re- Republican opponent is Tyler Kistner and he was counting on that person taking votes away from Angie and when he died Tyler wanted to have the the race postponed until I February. I remember that yeah, yes. yeah that was last election wasn't yep. it the last time she ran that's yep. right yeah. Wow. And and actually, you know, if you look in the Constitution, you can't change the correct the, uh, that but, but, election. But, but isn't isn't didn't they do that 
recently in Georgia with um, what's what's his name uh, that's running against Raphael Warnock, oh, um, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. <laughs> okay, they put they they think just putting an African American person in in there to to because Raphael Warnock. First of all, he's a pastor. Uh-huh. He's amazingly intelligent. He's a man of the people. He's just so popular there. They said, well, you know, we got to get we got to siphon off some of those black votes that's and right. let's put in Herschel Walker. Uh-huh. And I think that's very insulting to African Americans who who understand their their uh, uh, struggles and what they need in their community. Did you hear what the things yeah. he says? I if, mean, you, yeah, if you want to know about Herschel Walker, just go on YouTube and oh, watch God. some of the interviews. Oh, yeah. They're it's, hilarious. It's it's like he's a joke. It's yeah. a, it's you know at least put somebody with half a brain. You know, yeah. it's like he 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 allegedly. Um, abused was his wife or a girlfriend or something and something like that yeah he yeah. when he his word salads are just infamous i mean he just says things that I, he talked about china um i don't know maybe you could help me with this one uh, he talked about china polluting and then the air is the moving air comes over here over we have to clean here, it and up. now <laughs> we have to clean the air because it's i'm not even making this no. up this is what he said yeah so I don't know. Anyway. Well, but well, locally now, we we had someone that tried to get in to replace Adam Weeks, uh, and that, that all failed. And, of course, the Republicans are now saying that we tried to do something unconstitutional, but really it is constitutional. It's the federal government that dictates federal elections. Absolutely. And we did have a bill passed because of the Wellstone death where we could postpone an election. But... Uh, and I'd, I'd say that we had an error in that bill that we also thought that we could do it for federal elections, and that's unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. It's right in the Constitution. So yeah. the court did decide that correctly. It was not Steve Simon or anyone no. in this state that, yeah. that did it illegally. Oh, yeah, well. We made a mistake. Anyway, so the next question I'd like to ask you, now this is a, comes from personal experience. As a cis gay man... Will you ever, ever introduce a bill to codify marriage equality in the Minnesota Constitution, or is it already in there as as it is written now? Well, right now it is legal. It's con- it's yes. legal, um, but it's federal, though, yeah. right? Uh, is it in the Minnesota? No, in Minnesota. Con- and I, I, this is where I need to tell you a little anecdote about it. That uh, uh, I met a woman in Egan uh, over on. Uh, near Blackhawk and Diffley at a car wash there. And I talked to her a bit, and, and I said, how, you, how do you like living in Egan? And she said, it's nice, except that it's not friendly to uh, same-sex households. No. Oh, really? Okay. And you know, I didn't know exactly what to say to her, and I asked her if she was involved in things like out front or anything like that, and she said, no, mainly uh, HRC, the uh, Human Human Rights Coalition. And... Her name was Rebecca. I also knew Scott Dibble from the Senate, and um, Kimberly and Rachel that I met. Kimberly went; uh, she was in a car that went down on the 35E or 35W bridge. Oh. I got to know them real well, uh-huh. and uh, uh, so that was the, that was wasn't the anniversary just yesterday of yesterday? The, the, yes, yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, wow. and I I have. Uh, a note I sent a note to Kimberly that I'm thinking about her yeah, today. Yeah, well, to tell her that yeah. uh, Philip Anthony also. Was, I will uh, do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sends his love and prayers and uh, thoughts and 
Yeah, it, yeah. it was a sad day. I, I, so, I'll never forget that day. So anyway, anyway, go back to the day that this came up for a vote. And I stood up in the Senate and I gave my speech about it that I this is the culmination of my education on, um, I don't remember exactly how I framed it, but I said I, I want to thank all the people that have taught me. And I named Rebecca. Now, this was in 2014, I believe. Uh, named Rebecca. Um, several other couples. Not, I didn't do you because I don't know if I knew Bjorn at the time. But uh, And I said, and of course, Scott Dibble and, uh, and Richard. And so, uh, I, and then I sat down. And, and that's on YouTube right now, that speech, because uh, I put it up there. But then when we had the vote, and what we do is they call the vote, and you push the green or the red button, and uh, the uh, video that's on tele, you know, on TV, if you're monitoring it on TV, goes to the board. They show the board, and it shows all the votes being tallied, and you know there are 67 senators. So the 34th vote means that a bill passes. Right. So I waited until it was 33 on the board, and then I pushed my button. So I'm claiming that I passed that bill. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you for that. And and, and a lot of people don't know this, but um, our federal representative, Angie Craig, is also um, uh, part of the LGBT community. And... um, and we thank you for, and I'm sure she thanks yeah. you for that. I oh, would yeah. love to interview her. If you ever oh. can get in, connect me connected with her, I would just, I admire her. I really do. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, in fact, I, you know, <clears throat> she's having a fundraiser in Egan here, uh, August. Uh, and I, I have to look at my calendar, but. Um, Hopefully I'm not working that day. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah. I mean, I know her very well. Okay, and, well, you pass, yeah. pass, pass it off. Okay. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> I'll I'll do that. Yeah, because she is um, she's a hero to me because I I've never um, had anyone in my life. You know, I'm 62 years old. Never had anyone in my life ever represent me ever. I mean, there's been people in other states, mm-hmm. other cities, mm-hmm. whatever, what have you, but never had an LGBT rep. Oh, that wow. represented me in any capacity, whether a mayor or whatever. And I just, when she won, it was a very momentous. Yes. You know, visibility is so important, though, you know, um, Senator. It's it's such a, um, you know, people don't understand, you know, when Katanji Brown Jackson became um, a justice of the Supreme Court, little African-American girls are now looking up and yes. saying, I can be a Supreme Court yeah, justice one day. Mm-hmm. And I can... You know, I I can see little gay kids, you know, saying, wow, maybe someday I could be a a member of the House of Representatives, you know. And those are things that people don't get, you know. They don't understand visibility is so important. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, now, I don't remember if you know Steve and Jim from uh, over on uh, Thomas Lake Road, but they were a couple of friends that I developed as well, and they got me involved in the... uh, um, in out front, and then also in the organization, and I'm, the name is escaping me for uh, high school students, where the parents gather to support high school students. Is it P flag? P flag. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went to several of their meetings and and uh, was involved in that. Right, um, right. But well, yeah. I, I, thank, I didn't know this that you 
push the button to 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 be the vote that, i did oh my god i'm, I'm just i feel very emotional right now <laughs> i didn't know that you never told me that that's amazing one thing well, thank you, know, you for that we, we get to know things the longer we've been in in legislature we get to know things that are important right. and i thought that was important for me because it is in the minnesota senate video archives and it will be forever so you can look it up. I oh, can look I it up. I believe you. I, I, I but, absolutely believe yeah. you. And 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 um, I again, it, it, visibility is such an important thing. And I only ever since I've known you, I I look at you as a humanitarian. I do. I think you. Unfortunately, the rest of the country doesn't have an opportunity to know you like I do, and know the kind of person you are, and how you just. You know, you you want to give everyone an equal playing field. Uh, you know, give everybody an opportunity in this country. Well, in this district, because mm-hmm. you represent uh, this district, and 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 uh, on behalf of those people that are, don't have a voice, I just want to thank you and mm-hmm. uh, uh, on on their behalf because it's well, a great I opportunity. Want, I want to share that praise with my wife. My wife uh, is the one that led me. To being more fair with people, being you know, uh, teaching, you know, her exposure to teaching kids has mm-hmm. made a tremendous effect on me. So I, I'm, okay. you know, it, I, I wasn't always this nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. I, you know, it's funny. I, I just came. Um, I don't know if you know that, but a couple of months ago, I, I came from Scandinavia. I was in Sweden and oh. Norway because my husband's family lives there, and to the to the T. Every person was like, "What's what's in the drinking water in your country? Yes. Why are they? What what does it matter what color somebody is or what sexual orientation or what religion? Why is that an issue?" And it's it, it was hilarious because I'm looking around, you know, and there's pride flags all over. People didn't oh, really people wow. don't look at the flag as a negative thing. They mm-hmm. kind of say, "Hey, that's that's." you know, a representation of a group of Norwegians or a group of Swedes, you know, I'm proud of them. I'm, they're part of my country. And it's not that way in America, yeah. is it? Yeah. It's, it's not. Um, it's getting more and more. Now, Hopefully, I don't know if you yeah. remember when I ran for re-election in 2012 and we had the Fun Fest parade. This is the 4th of July parade. Okay. I had a person, a trans woman, carrying the B flag, the oh, uh, wow. multicolored flag in my parade. <laughs> Nice. So, and I, you know, of course, you know my sisters. And, and I said, you know, I wonder how many negatives we're going to get from that. We got two. That's it. Two, two negative emails from it. Otherwise, it's not yeah. a big deal. Well, you know, that's why I love living here in, in this Twin Cities, because um, there's not very much uh, hatred uh, against the LGBT community. I mean, I'm sure there is. There's some. But there's, of course, there's going to be. Yeah. But, but it's more... In, it's more um, what's the word Uh, internal i guess it's not overt it's not you know uh, you know you don't see like swastikas painted on gay people's houses you know things like that but at the same time you you know i always felt welcome living here i never everybody knows about us in this neighborhood pretty much yeah i wouldn't want to get into the negatives of it but there are there are some some pockets of negative yeah there'll always be but they're they're very far outshadowed, uh, outnumbered yes. by the mm-hmm. good people. And that's that's what matters to me. I like to look at the glass half full. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And say, well, this is this is my neighborhood. I'm proud of them. They're wonderful people. And instead of saying, oh, that Joe Blow down the block. You know? Right. You know what an engineer would say to that comment? A glass half full or half empty? Yeah. Wrong size glass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, we're going to move to a part of the show I like to call The Shift. Okay. Okay, Senator. And it's where I shift the questioning away from your job as, as state senator and into your opinion of current events. Now, since you are the first politician I've ever had on the show, this transition will be shifting questions away from concentrating only on Minnesota state politics and on to federal politics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to something that you don't have control of and, you're, and just cite your opinions. We'll, we'll try to go through them as quickly as we can sure. here. Okay. There's a couple here. So as an American... Now, you're going to be answering as an American, and not as Senator Carlson. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. As an American, what was your feeling about the insurrection on our Capitol on January 6, 2021? And what needs to be done to prevent this from ever happening again? What is your opinion about the work that the January 6th Commission is doing? Start with the end, because the January 6th Commission is doing wonderful work. Oh, yeah. And I'm hoping that now it has been all recorded. And so as people start to realize maybe that they've made some mistakes in assumptions, that they can go back and re-listen to it, re, re-experience it. Uh, and at, on January 6th, and I think I told you that my best friend is Paul Anderson, former justice of the Supreme Court, I called him that day and I said, am I right that we almost lost our, uh, our country today? And he said, absolutely. He said, much oh, yeah. more is going to come out. And now we realize that it was all planned. It was planned ahead of time. It wasn't any kind of of uh, off-the-cuff reaction. Senator Carlson, let me just, I, I have to say this. I remember when uh, Donald Trump ran for president uh, the first time. And there was a a large field of Republicans running against him, and I and I think you remember this too. Oh, yes. When uh, Senator Cruz beat him in Iowa, what did he say? Do you remember uh, about Cruz or about about the election? About the election, he lost. Oh yeah, he came, the, the only reason was, he ever loses anything is because it was rigged. Thank you. Now, doesn't this ring a bell, guys, out there in TV land and in radio land and in podcast land? This man cannot lose. That's right. He is a baby. That you know, when you, when you don't get your rattle, you cry. Um, he always compl- He even said before the election, uh, the second time with against Biden. That he that, that if I don't win, this is a quote. I think I, mm-hmm. I think I'm quoting him verbatim. Oh yeah, yeah. If mm-hmm. I don't win, it was rigged. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he planted those seeds real early. Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, this was not. It was not. You know, people always argue whether he's smart or stupid, and I've always said that he's smart. He's smarter than he appears. He tries to act dumb sometimes. Yeah. But uh, he sounds dumb, but know, he isn't dumb. And one of the things that, if you do remember, that Marla Maples was his middle wife, and she said that he used to keep a copy of Mein Kampf on his nightstand, and he would read that. Now, if we want to go deeply into what's say, going yeah. on, uh-huh. is he is so much like Hitler and like Mussolini, and you people don't realize even people that are in levels of, uh, uh, let's say, levels of admiration, 
they they have not looked at what this guy is really like. Yeah. And yeah. you know, of course, my wife was a German teacher for thirty four years, right? So she knows what fascism is. Yeah, and and, and he, he in in uh, correct me if I'm wrong. In Mein Kampf, doesn't it say if you repeat a lie multiple times and keep saying it's true? Yep people will start to believe it. Is that what, exactly. why he thinks he can yes. keep doing this? And the bigger the lie, the easier it is to promote. That's what's really, That's another oh, one yeah? that's in there. Okay, I didn't and, hear that, but I heard repeating now, the lie. Um, a good thing for you, your listeners to uh, get a little bit of background on is to go to uh, TPT, that's uh, you know the, the Channel 2, uh, and Public television. look yeah. for... Um, Rick Steves, R-I-C-K-S-T-E-E-V-E-S. Mm-hmm. Rick Steves is the travel, um, you know, he's the guy that always does travel to Europe and all that sort of thing. Look look him up and um, maybe Google Rick Steves and fascism. Hmm. And you'll get a one-hour program that has only been aired here in this, in this um, uh, media market once that I'm aware of. But it's free online. I have a DVD of it as well. But it's the history of fascism in Europe. And he goes through Mussolini. He goes through Hitler. And it's just incredible. The well, First of all, the facts that I learned from that DVD. I mean, Rick Steves is a very credible source. Well, too. when we finish this podcast, I would love you to write it down for me so I can take a look at it because it sounds really intriguing it to is. me. It is, yes. Um, because uh, I'm, I'm afraid, uh, literally afraid. I mean, because the day it happened, you know, I was home alone. It was during COVID. I remember sitting by myself. Um, and all of a sudden, like... I saw cops beating the, you know, trying to beat these people yeah. off, and then they broke through the gates, and they're they're hitting them with flagpoles and spraying them, and mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be pro cop, and I was like, is this a banana republic? Is, is this America? I mean, because we were always the the foundation of democracy in the world. You know, countries looked up to us and said. Wow, just to be like America, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now they, uh, I'm afraid that we're teetering on on autocracy I, or or dictatorship or some awful form of government like that. So uh, I, I hope people out there listen and yeah, yeah. And, well, and vote vote like like your life depends depends on and it. realize how close we are to that tipping point because we are very very close. And if uh, if you really want to study it, you need to look up things relating to the takeover of Germany. Now, we always kind of, we, we look down our noses to the Germans because they say, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I didn't know that the, the Holocaust was coming. I didn't know that the Holocaust happened. Well, the thing is, is that they maybe knew. And actually, my wife says they, they knew but they just didn't believe it. Yeah, it they didn't well, believe yeah. something that terrible could happen exactly, in their country. Exactly. That's and, what happened. But you know, the, the um, if you look at German history, the burning of the Reichstag yes. was, it, it kind of conjured up that thought in my mind when I was watching that on television on January the 6th. I'm saying, oh God, the yes. president sent those people there and said, fight like hell because you won't have a country anymore. Yeah. And guess what? We almost didn't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 it was the opposite that he uh, that would have been true if uh, we wouldn't have a country anymore. We would have a 
autocracy like China and Russia and other or worse, yes. Or maybe even you're right. Because now you gotta remember that when you talk about Hitler, you always think of the Holocaust. Okay. Um gosh, Holocaust. The the, the killing of uh Jews or and not even just Jews, it was the Slavs. killing yeah, any anybody who they were afraid of, including gay people, they put them into the pink, uh, put pink triangles pink on triangles their own. and yeah. they they actually, towards the end of the war, they put them into the Sachsenhausen concentration camp, which is just outside Berlin. I've been there. Oh, boy. And that's where they put gay people. Oh, jeez. And uh, it's, it's very, um, very disturbing if you go to any of those camps and, mm-hmm. and see the uh, background of them. But what has actually happened here, and we, we talked a little bit about um, the fascist uh, Mussolini and the fascists in Spain. And after World War I, the people who lost, Germany lost, uh, Italy lost, the Axis powers, uh, they had a lot of people that were now um, unemployed. They were soldiers that were unemployed, some of them. And what they had was they had a lot of criminals that did the fighting for them, and they started to align together. And when they got stronger, they called them brown shirts. So today, we're actually the thinking were, yeah. that some of these people are brown shirts. Well, then they got allied behind, eventually, they got allied behind a guy named uh, uh, Rome, Ernst Rome from Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, were, they were now called the black shirts. And the black shirts turned into the SA. The SA, and those are, those are German words that I don't remember. But then Rome. Like the SS? Uh, well, similar. Hold on. <laughs> then they okay. they aligned with Hitler, and the SA became the SS. Okay. See, yes, I knew that was coming. Yeah. And then Hitler had Rome killed because he thought he was too uh, too much in competition with him. Oh. And then Hitler took off with his plan for fascism. Now, what happened in 1923 on November? Let me think now. November 9th of 1923 was the Beer Hall Putsch. Uh, A lot of political discussion happened in beer halls. And what they did is they went into this beer hall in Munich and they had hundreds of people and they were going to try to overtake the the, uh, uh, government in Bavaria. Uh, The police overcame them and they tried and put Hitler into prison and that's when he wrote Mein Kampf when he was in prison. And he got out, and that's when he allied with the National Socialist Workers Party, and they were now called Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how that all progressed. And Hitler managed to convince the chancellor that I want to be powerful and became his, uh, his second in command. And then they had an election to combine the two... Um, the two positions to chancellor, president and chancellor, and they it was a more or less a referendum. Right. And that's the only thing that Hitler ever won legitimately was that referendum. Wow. And it wasn't by majority either. Okay. So right. then Hitler now was in total power and he built on getting his you know, building more power and he had scary. people killed right and left. Government people killed right so and left. Scary. It's, it's so scary. Very you think scary. about that and when people say that could never happen again don't 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 say that because 
It almost happened. That's you know? right. But yeah. anyway, on the this is we're coming to the close of the show. I just yeah. wanted to an, ask one prediction question of, of you because uh, I love I love to pick your brain because you're so enlightened about things like this. But what is your opinion of? Do you think Biden and Trump are going to be running against each other? Are those the two candidates you see, or what is your prediction for the Democratic candidate against the Republican? Republican candidate? That's a difficult thing for me to answer because I don't want to show any non-confidence in uh, President Biden. I think he's doing a great job. The uh, The right is doing as much as they can to make him look bad, to make him look old, to make him look uh, feeble, all of that. Um, so I think that has to happen, you know, as it's going to play out. I tend to think that maybe he will step down because you know when we get to our age <laughs> we we do want to have uh, somebody replace us that can carry on uh-huh. so i think he'll he may want to do that i i would support him until the moment that he does well yeah uh trump i think is going to be charged with and uh, convicted of a felony so he'll be taken out of the possibility of ever running for president oh, from again. your mouth to god's ears i yeah. hope you're right he has to be he yes. you know i think you know the more we go on here in his his support is falling like a rock now that's what i'm so, hearing yeah, yeah. and well, there's there's always going to be somebody there you know, there are people that think we didn't go to the moon. There are people that think that, you know, the world is flat. They, they think that uh, Sandy Hook didn't happen. Oh, yeah. You know, all of those kinds of things. So, you know, we, we, can't, we can't rest that we're going to be convincing everyone. Right. All we need to do is convince the people that can think, the people that have critical thinking skills, uh, the people that are growing up in this and afraid that what you know, their freedom is going to be restricted. Mm-hmm. We, and that's where we have to say freedom is most important. And freedom is not their freedom, it's our freedom. That's the way I want to end this show because the Democratic Party is the party of democracy and freedom. And if you don't get out there and vote and then something doesn't happen the way you want it to happen, you only have yourself to blame. That's right. And yes. so unfortunately, we've come to the end. Um, is there anything else you wanted to finish with that, that you didn't, didn't get? I, 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 we're trying to get everything in in yeah. this short period of time. Just one funny story. Everybody should you know, go to the Secretary of State's website and register to vote. And then uh, if you haven't decided on who you're going to vote, pull up their websites, pull up their histories, pull up everything you can about those those candidates. Good and advice. that means for yeah. me, that means for my opponent, that means for Governor Waltz and, uh, you know, former Senator um, Scott Jensen, all of that. Pull up the information. But maybe before you do, write down your own values. What do I value? Do I value this? Do I value this? And then find out who actually aligns with that. Mm -hmm. And then go ahead and vote. And that's where we we need to get people out to vote. And that's the biggest thing that I want to make sure that we do in this district here is get everybody registered and everybody out to vote. But I do want to say one other strange thing is that is uh, I don't think I have anything to worry about. But the name Jim Carlson is not unfamiliar. I have several Jim Carlsons in this district. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in 2012, when I ran, most people have forgotten by now that there was a candidate named Jim Carlson on the presidential ballot. He oh. was one of the seven, I think, seven people that ran for president of the United States and was on the ballot. Uh, 
And we had uh, people in Egan who went down the ballot and voted for maybe Obama or maybe somebody else. And then they got saw the name Jim Carlson, and they voted for him too. And then they went down to the Senate race and voted for me. But because they voted for two presidential candidates, their ballot was considered spoiled. Mm. Now, most people don't remember Jim Carlson until I tell you that he was from Duluth. He was a drug, a drug seller. He had the place up there called The Last Place on Earth. Oh, boy. And he was, uh, they, they did a search warrant on him, and they found a bunch of cash and drugs in his place. Well, you're he, not that guy. No, I'm not that guy. <laughs> you're not yeah, that I'm guy. I'm not that guy, but I don't want ballots believe me, spoiled listeners, <laughs> He's not that guy. Anyway, thank you so much, Senator, for coming on the show today. You've made, you've made it so much uh, fun. And um, you're just, I could talk to you over and over. I mean, we, we only have this hour and a few minutes to do the show, but you've, We've tried to get all the information out there we that we can to the listeners. And for more information about Senator Jim Carlson, you can follow him on Twitter, actually, at Senator Carlson. Is that right? S-E-N-A-T-O-R Carlson. No spaces. And also on right. Facebook, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're on Facebook I'm as on well. on Facebook. I have a couple of accounts on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, again, thank you. And thank you, uh, listeners, for joining us today. And please stay tuned for more of the Downright Upright show in the future. And ciao for now. Thank you. Thank you.